Hi, everybody. It's Carrie here uh, for Humane Voices, and we are missing our usual co-host today. Austin Vitaliano is is AWOL right now. I assume he's out, you know, practicing his his vocal skills uh, on some other on, on some other program. So we are going to miss him today. But we have producer Pat joining us um, as our stand-in as our stand-in host. Welcome, Pat. This is the first time we've ever seen you. I think live and in person on the podcast. I think I've been on one time before, but you know, Carrie, the important thing about being a good uh, good role player, you know, whenever coach asks you to come up to the big leagues, <laughs> off the bench, you get kid. ready to go. <laughs> yep, come off the bench, ready to ready to do my part. So always happy to be here hanging out with you and talking Thank about you. all these all these issues. Awesome. Well, we have a great guest today, um, Troy Seidel from the Humane Society International. Specifically, he is the Vice President of Research and Toxicology, and he's here to talk to us about an incredible project that the team has been working on for a long time now. Um, but I want to sort of just delve in a little bit to, um, Troy, your own history and kind of like your work with the organization so that we have sort of the broader context so that people can understand exactly like what a big deal this thing is that you're launching. Um, how did you sort of get into this work and what is what does your job sort of entail now? Sure, happy to. I've been working in this space since I was 18, so um, a few decades now. It's mm -hmm. been, you know, really a labor of love. I came to it from high school and, you know, the, the fetal pig dissection that I mm. refused to do and just led me down the road of, you know, opening up that, that social conscience. And wow that became a career. I, I switched from an arts to a science stream, became a you know, pre-med in university, and it, it took me very quickly to animal advocacy work in a professional capacity using my degree to, to help animals. Um, so I've been with the Humane Society family for almost 15 years now and heading the, the international program where we deal with all animals in laboratories. That's cosmetic testing as well as every other product in your house that is animal tested by law and we're also working on animals and research to be able to you know make the transition from using animals as models of human disease which mm. fail you know nine times more often than, than they succeed and actually having solutions that are fit for our species fit for the century in which we're living that's great, Troy. Thanks. Um, just out of curiosity, I mean, that, that's really interesting that you got started that young. I mean, I've heard so many stories and I actually had my own about um, kind of resisting the whole dissection model in high school. How did, in your particular case, how was it when you refused to do it? Like, did, did your school handle it well? How'd they handle it? They handled it exceptionally poorly, which I think created, <laughs> right. you know, it, it awakened yeah. the, you know, the, the advocate. Little, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got to meet the guidance counselor because they thought, my 14 year old mind and i love the idea that you got to meet the guidance counselor <laughs> welcome yeah. you get you know, to meet the guidance students, counselor goody two shoes and then you know you refuse to do this one thing so of mm -hmm. course crisis alert yeah um but you know they asked well you won't dissect them but do you eat them and that occurred to me oops um <laughs> but, but i'm not going to be proven wrong so no i'm a vegetarian and you know, have been ever since. Wow. Very, very shortly thereafter. So you were prepared to double down. Well, you know, in for a dime. Yeah. <laughs> what, 
exceptionally good guidance right there from your guidance counselor. So we should write a letter to them to thank them. Right, exactly. So Troy, this is, this is all sort of leading into why we have you here today, which was to talk about this, um, this project that you guys have just launched. Um, one of the biggest fights that we've got in the Humane Society family of organizations is around the cosmetic testing of animals and ending it. And so can you talk a little bit about Ralph and how Ralph came about? Who is Ralph? Uh, who is this fascinating figure we see in your background right now? Yeah, Ralph is, is my buddy. He's our new spokesbunny for our global campaign. We've been working since 2012. We launched the, the global effort to end animal testing for cosmetics around the world. And it's really, it's one of those low-hanging fruit issues. It's, you know, it's a little trippy to realize it's 2021 and we're still talking about animal testing for cosmetics. You know, it's, it's mm. kind of hard to believe. But in the, you know, the decade or so that we've been working on this issue, we've achieved 40 national bans on animal testing for cosmetics, as well as the sale of cosmetics that are newly animal tested anywhere else. And that represents about a quarter of the global beauty industry worldwide, or a quarter mm. of the money. And that's huge. And what we're aiming for today with this campaign and with Ralph to really help get us across the finish line is to get us to over that 50% mark. So we're going after the major economies, the United States, Canada, Mexico, Latin America, South Africa, Southeast Asia. And once we have that much of the, the economic trading block that will essentially have a force field up that if you have done new animal testing for cosmetics or their ingredients, you're not able to cross mm. that force field for sales purposes. Yeah. That, that's a tremendously powerful motivator. The companies have really already gotten the memo. Most of the big industry haven't been animal testing voluntarily for many, many years, but we're seeing laws that are forcing them to do new animal testing of existing ingredients and creating these sales bans under the law is it's pushing back. It's creating that, you know, we're fighting a law with a law mm -hmm. and creating that dynamic that will really allow us what we want is to be able to go into any shop anywhere in the world, pick up any cosmetic and not have to look for a bunny logo, not to have to squint and read the label, but just to know it's safe, it's effective and no animals were harmed. And that's really what we're trying to achieve with our global campaign. Well, so, so you said that there, I mean, there's still companies that are doing this testing. Can't that like, maybe this is an oversimplification, but can't they just say, no, we're not going to do animal testing or, you know, I'm guessing it's a little more nuanced than that. It is. It's gotten, you know, gone are the days when you could just have a does test, does not test list. The, mm -hmm. the reality is the cosmetic, it's down to the ingredients most of the time. And these are chemicals that are used. You know, if I'm a chemical company, I'm selling maybe to a cosmetics manufacturer, maybe to a pharmaceutical company, you know, all other clients down the road. And if you have a law that governs the chemicals that says if you want to sell this thing, you have to do this test, this test, this test. Companies can try to fight it, and they do, if the testing is frivolous, but they have to, at the, the end of the day, we all have to follow the law, whether mm. we're citizens or corporations. And the new regulations that are being created in the European Union and other parts of the world are making it harder to avoid um, new animal testing. And that's really why most of, many of the big companies are starting to work with us so we have industry leaders like Unilever, L'Oreal, P&G, Avon, and of course, cruelty-free brands like Lush, who are saying, 
enough. Mm. This testing is not necessary to demonstrate safety. We've been using these ingredients for many years without consumer safety problems. We do not need to do sort of this box ticking testing just to meet administrative requirements of a regulation. There's a better way. And that's allowing us to have some of these really important conversations. Mm, yeah. So, Troy, one of the things I was just thinking about, you know, like, I, I feel like I, this is probably dating myself by talking about this, but, you know, sometimes these these sort of issues in the animal welfare world kind of, you think they've gone away and yet they haven't. I mean, I, I always, just recently we covered in our, our member magazine, we covered on um, the issue around whaling, which I think a lot of people still sort of think, hey, we saved those whales, right? Are they, they still need help? Um, and so I'm curious, you know, when you tell people about this particular uh, project and, and campaign, are, are people surprised to hear that, you know, cosmetics are still tested on animals? I mean, I remember remember when the body shop first launched and everybody was like, oh, this is such a great thing that they don't test on animals. And I wonder, I wonder the degree to whether people are aware that this stuff is still happening for cosmetic products. I don't think they are. I think, mm. and they're gobsmacked. Mm. You know, when we, we talk to people on the streets, we do opinion polls and we get the numbers and people, it, there is just the sense of disbelief. You know, we thought this was done years ago. You know, the, the campaign you mentioned Carrie, I still have the t-shirt from the 80s. <laughs> yeah. so I'm, I'm dating myself too. But, you know, it's one of those issues that should not be an issue anymore. And it's, but, you know, I don't want to be dispiriting to the folks who are listening because it's because of caring consumers, people voting with their, their dollar, that more than 2,000 companies are certified cruelty-free today, that the big companies have invested in the alternative methods for better safety assessment and are using those methods so outside of, you know, up until we got to the new chemical laws, everything was going great. Everyone was, you know, getting on the same page together. And now we have this wrinkle that needs to be addressed. But mm. we have, you know, for the first time in my career, this incredible alignment between all the other stakeholders, you know, the, the nonprofit organizations like HSI, the consumers, the, the companies, we're all singing from the same song sheet. And we've never had that kind of cooperation before. So it is actually a really exciting time to be working on this. And, you know, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. That's We're great. saying by the end of 2023, which is two years, having 16 more national bans, that's, you know, it's a heavy lift, but I have every confidence we're going to get there. That's great. So just out of curiosity, like, I, I think I want to hear more about the project itself and, and Ralph and his evolution and how you kind of are hoping Ralph can, can kind of help with some of that momentum and that lift. You bet. So yeah, we've, we've been talking about this issue for many years. We talk about the cruelty. We talk about, you know, show pictures of the animals and, you know, the usual reaction is this mm -hmm. um, because if you've actually seen one of, you know, pictures or video of these tests, it's horrific. It is absolutely ghastly. And we recognized a couple of things. I mean, one, we want this to be accessible. We want to open, we want to reach people's hearts. And then from there, when they're engaged, be able to reach their minds and, you know, really get them, get them involved. But with the 16 countries where we're working, those are you know, different cultural environments, different mm -hmm. languages. How do we have a communication strategy for this that's really going to cut across all of those, all of those different considerations being able to leverage influencers, celebrity talent from different parts of the world, and you know, to do so in a way that's going to meet people both 
you know, those of us in North America and Europe, for instance, who, you know, have probably, we think we've heard it all. Mm. We know about this issue already and most people wish it had gone away to Southeast Asia where, you know, maybe the issue's never been talked about. Mm. So the, the consumers, the politicians, it's never come up. So how do we, you know, have a one size fits all um, that's really going to address all of those things. And that's where we, we landed on stop motion animation as something that's really not been seen for an advocacy and awareness kind of campaign like this. It ticks all of those boxes because we can do the voiceovers and engage talent in different ways. And yeah, really just have, have a tool that's going to hopefully be that wedge and not tell the story of millions of animals, but tell the story of one where it's, you know, this is one being, one soul who, you know, lives in a laboratory. That's all he's ever known. You know, he, he comes across a bit like a company man in the, the piece. Uh, you know, ironically, it, though. <laughs> ironically. Yeah, you know, yeah. When I first read the script, I, you know, it took me a minute to orient to, mm-hmm. you know, this is not the way we normally communicate this. But of course, it's, the, it's a wonderful disarming way to come into this story. And that, mm-hmm. that's really thanks to our writer-director, Spencer Susser, who has, you know, created a story that I think people can relate to. It doesn't just come in with the, the hard advocacy, the lab scene, the this is the reality, deal with it. But really that's, you know, gives you time to get to know Ralph and, you know, just sort of an affable, um, you know, could be human being who's just, mm-hmm. you know, talking about his, the reality of his life. And it's very, it's that poignantly matter-of-fact you know, it, it stings It you know, it really, one of my favorite quotes from the, the social media comments is just feeling my heart break in four minutes mm. for this character. And that, that's really, that's really what we were aiming for. Yeah. I, I, having watched it now, I, I think that there are a couple of moments when I first, when I first saw it, there was a moment in it that I don't, I'm not going to spoil because I'm, I'm anticipating some people listening or watching haven't, haven't seen it or heard it yet. There's a moment that my heart just sort of stopped that I was just sort of like, Oh my gosh. And I, I think what you're talking about, about the, the, the exploration of stop motion in this is a really interesting approach to this because it like, as you mentioned, I mean, we have this issue all the time with some of the ways that we try to communicate about animal welfare issues. You know, like there's this there's this longstanding slogan, and I can't remember who who said this, but you know that if slaughterhouses had had windows, everybody would be vegetarian. But at the same time, the scale of it and the cruelty of of some of the things that happen, they're hard for people to even look at, right? And and we we frequently get reactions. Um, you know, we try to be very careful about what we put in our magazine, for example, in terms of imagery that we're not in trying to communicate, actually making people turn away. And the stop motion component of this, it, it rides that really nice line between real rabbits and cartoonish rabbits, which I think might have taken it too far in the opposite direction. It's really, it's fascinating to have been part of that process all along where, you know, it, it's as of course, everything's being built. So they're creating, mm. you know, some of the, the laboratory equipment that is true to life. You can go into a catalog and you can see these things. And as, you know, just the production crew who, you know, they've, they developed all sorts of different movies, you know, Fantastic Mr. Fox, mm. Isle of Dogs. But when you, you know, we're creating an animal research lab now, um, what is this thing? And just kind of going on the journey that I went on, you know, 25, 30 years ago, of understanding, unfortunately, you know, things you will never forget, but just talking to people who are not part of the movement, they are now, (laughs) Uh, but just, you know, it it just was 
a reminder for me. You know, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm desensitized, but I'm, it's familiar. Mm. And to just see the reaction from someone for whom it's new information and just the real time. So I need to build this, you know, just that's the ugh, reaction mm. that I think mm-hmm. you know, for most people, you know, they've forgotten that it's ever happened and they don't know the fine print about what's actually involved, but to just see that kind of being recreated and coming to life for a set for a puppet. Um, mm. it, it is, it's so, you know, it, it could be cartoony, but the way it's done is so authentic and it is, you know, there are areas where we cut corners. I mean, you know, Ralph is a talking bunny who wears a suit and eats, you know, Cheerios or like, some candy thing. You're saying that's food. not usually the case with lab rabbits. <laughs> They're not actually speaking. Okay, no. that's good to know. Okay. All right. But then, you know, there were some areas where we absolutely insisted this needs to be the truth. Mm-hmm. Not worse, not better, just this is the, you know, the truth is bad enough. I yeah. think we're, this is we're what these animals worse. experience. Yep. Yeah. yeah, no exaggeration. And- and to to be quite honest, just have the the voice of Ralph, I think, is just very, very emotional. There's so much character. You just want like I so uh in the English version, uh Taika Waititi did the voice, right? And as soon as I heard it, so I have a pet rabbit, so yeah. I'm already just like all in. <laughs> and I just hear that soft, just the soft voice. I just wanted to reach into my computer and just pick them up and hold them close and tell them everything will be okay, even though I couldn't do that. So, I mean, just, do, do you want to talk about some of the talent? Because there was, you know, looking at all the different talent on this, this is a, this is a big cast. This is a really, it, there's a lot of weight on this cast as well. It's incredible. And you haven't, you ain't seen nothing yet. We've released the English version. We have also French, Spanish, Portuguese, and Vietnamese. So we have um, 16 named talent at the moment. And it's, you know, Taika, he was the first. And we're so, we're so thrilled that he would be supporting this project because his voice is so iconic. Mm-hmm. If you watch the, you know, the Thor movies, I mean, yeah. you know, mm. you know we, we really wanted to have, you know, in our perfect world, um, you know, you hear the voice, you know who it is, you know the character of, you know, the actor somewhat, and it'll just, it amplifies, right? It's not yeah. just a voice performance. And Taika was always top of our list for for Ralph, and we, we hit the jackpot, um, you know, and then getting you know, a, a longtime friend of the organization, Ricky Gervais, to be the, the interviewer. And then, you know, again, through our, our amazing uh, team, Zach Efron uh, and Palm Clementy, who are new to HSI, were, you know, very passionate about the issue and happy to lend their voices. Olivia Munn and Trisha Helfer, who've worked with us on the cosmetics and the Shelter Pet Project, have, you know, again, joined up on this. And, you know, together we have a cast that is, you know, geographically representative, um, but also just such, such heart has come mm-hmm. through those performances. Mm-hmm. And for the the Portuguese, we have Rodrigo Santoro. So we, we just have such tremendously gifted actors who've, who've really put their, their heart into these performances and are helping us to amplify now on social media to, to get as many eyeballs on Ralph and his story as possible. And we, we couldn't be more grateful. Yeah, yeah, there, there's, it's an amazing cast for sure. I mean, one thing I was going to ask you about, Troy, is it's, you know, like Ralph does in the, in the film make a, a little sort of touch to or sort of gesture to people about how their own sort of consumer habits can have an impact. But that 
it seems like you guys are overall going in a slightly different direction with what you want people to do as sort of a takeaway from this. Can you talk a little bit about the sort of overarching goals of sort of how you how you purchase things as a consumer and consumer consumer choices versus what you would like to see people take action on? Absolutely. I mean, certainly consumer choice is what's gotten us to this place. People making yeah. these, you know, understanding there's a difference that they want to, they want cosmetics to be cruelty free, that, you know, blinding and poisoning animals for products and ingredients, you know, for beauty purposes is just um, you know, not obscene. what want. The word is obscene. <laughs> that is a, a valid word. Um, but the reality is that with these new regulations, coming forth for, for chemicals, it's becoming harder and harder to, for consumers to, you can't boycott the government agency that's requiring. So, and it's no mm. longer, you know, I think really fair to be targeting companies, especially ones who are, you know, they're really going out of their way to be allies on this. They've turned a corner and, you know, so that, that really puts us back to what is the root of the problem mm. in 2021 it is the laws and the regulations. And that's really where we have this laser focus as HSI. We're changing the, the regulations to remove the animal testing requirements where they exist. And we're working to change laws to create watertight testing and sales bans so that it's, you know, whether it's choice or mandatory, that across the board, animal testing for cosmetic purposes is done. Mm. And that's, that's really the strongest thing that consumers can do is to to stand with us, to help amplify, to share this message. And, you know, we can put this issue to bed together. Troy, now that, um, you know, we've spent so much time talking about the visuals and the acting and everything and how to get involved, where can we send people? How can they get involved in this? Where can they watch Safe Ralph? Everything, I wanna know right now. <laughs> you can surf on over to hsi.org forward slash Ralph and watch the video, get some background information. We have lots of good educational content. And of course, you can sign the petition there or go to hsi.org slash save Ralph. And that will, no matter where you are in the world, that will geo-target you to the right petition for your country. You can share on social media. If you follow HSI Global on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and help to amplify, share our content, share our celebrities' content. It's, you know, we're, we're really looking to, to big this up as much as possible get millions of people taking action around the world and you know, convincing decision makers to change these laws, to hop to it and, and do it so for to well. speak. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I'm sitting on that one just for that moment. <laughs> well done. Well done. This is great, Troy. Thank you so much for being on the show. And, you know, hopefully we can have you back in, in months or a year and see where all this landed and report out on the on the, the victories that came out of, of Ralph and uh, and his incredible work and, and all y'all's incredible work on this project. My pleasure. Happy to anytime. Thanks for having me. 